Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are. And this morning you are joined by myself, Lawson, and sitting across from the table we've got Brett. Hey, hey, hey. Brett, good morning. Great to have you here. Brilliant Fantastic to be here. Fantastic Monday morning where we can get up and, yeah. Live live our best lives on this yeah. day. What have you been up to over the weekend? Uh, well, I had my 30th birthday on Saturday, oh, so getting a little older. Happy birthday. Maybe not as wise, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty exciting. Had a friend visit from up north, um, and he gave me this really cool uh, present as well, yeah. which is epic. Uh, for those who know me, I'm a massive history nerd, yeah. especially around Byzantine history, the Byzantine oh, Empire being okay. The, okay. the Eastern okay. Roman Empire that lasted after the fall of the West. Mm-hmm. And I got a coin minted in Constantinople in 558 AD. That is amazing. So, yeah. So like for me as a history nerd, something actually from that period of time, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty mad. That is awesome. Mm. That is really exciting. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, happy birthday. We Thank could probably get much. some happy birthdays on the text line. But furthermore, yeah, that is such a that's such an epic present. Yeah. Is it hard to get a hold of things like that? I think pretty hard. It's certainly yeah. not cheap. But um yeah. so it was it was a very, very appreciated present, which is cool. And yeah, just, just owning something from that time period, especially mm. the time period of Justinian the the first, my favorite emperor. You yeah. know, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So good. I gotta give a shout out this morning to the the Samoan uh, Seventh-day Adventist church uh, church plant on the central coast there. Mm. I went and I got the call up at like 6 p.m. Uh, the night before because uh, mm. a good friend, Lyle Southwell, uh, he was feeling very sick. And so he called mm. me up and he said, hey, Lawson, you know, I need you to fill in for me at this church <laughs> to go and preach. And I had an amazing time there. I was so blessed. And they gave me this massive fruit basket with like a candle and like mangoes Whoa. and everything. It's like, in this economy, bro. Like, it was, <laughs> in this it was economy, so nice. legit. Like, it was so real. I want to shout out those guys for, for treating us so well. And mm. It was an amazing opportunity to go there. Well, coming up in today's show, we are going to be talking about Pakistan. We're going to be mm. talking about Vietnam. We are going to be continuing our Bible study throughout the Psalms and also discussing uh, or talking, interviewing uh, Jessica Clancy on her book, The Quest for uh. Family. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Joined by myself, Lawson, got Brett in the studio as well, mm. relishing off of the history you've now inherited. Yep. That, that's so cool. Thinking about my coin. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> hey, let's have our first quiz question for today. All right. The question is, what, according to 1 Corinthians, will be swallowed up in victory at the last trumpet? So that question again, what, according to 1 Corinthians, will be swallowed up in victory at the last trumpet? Mm. So, yeah, if basically, if you answer this question correctly, you go into the draw. For every question you answer correctly, in fact, over the course of the week, you go into the draw for our weekly prize, which this time is a book called 40 Days, Prayers and Devotions for God's End Time Church. Wow. Oh, that's exciting. Mm. That is exciting. Yeah, and this week we're doing it at the end of the week, not a draw every single day, but yeah. we're having a big draw. We're spinning that wheel at the end of yeah. the week. It's going to be really fantastic. So you've got a chance to get like if you're if you're listening every day, you've got a chance to get like twenty five chances on that wheel. That's you know? right. 
That's right. So, and the more questions you answer correctly, the more chances you get in for the draw. Exactly. That that's mm. the game essentially. So guys, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text if you know the correct answer to that one. And I can already see a bunch of texts coming through. Yeah. Yeah. So that question again, what according to one Corinthians will be swallowed up in victory at the last trumpet? Guys, you really want to get your hands on this prize. It is pretty cool. Just reading over the stuff in it, it sounds like it's about Looking at this Laodicean church, so Laodicea referring to this prophetic period where, um, you know, the Apostle John the Revelator is writing um, under God's inspiration uh, to the churches. And Laodicea Mm. is this church that's, you know, a little bit lukewarm. It's a little bit non-committal. And that is representative of the church of today, you know, where we are here in the West. And, um, yeah, like looking at basically what the role of the church is in the modern world, how God is guiding it, and how we as members of the church need to be guided by God every day and seek mm. his spirit every day to, I guess, escape this, this apathetic prophetic period. Mm. So, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. Get in with some correct answers. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. Brent. Mm. What is happening in the world of positively different news? Well, uh, this news is both positive and different. I will say that. Uh, So we're looking at the world of espionage today. Oh. International espionage. Okay, So there has been, yeah, Yeah. there's been some interesting developments in Uh international espionage. Um, The Indian government has released on Friday morning uh, a prisoner that was detained for eight months. Uh-huh. A, a dangerous international spy, or at least they were presumed to have been so. They've yeah. been cleared. Now, the thing that's different about this, so that's pretty positive, right? Something yeah, yeah, that, that's cool, that's cool. The thing that's different about this is this spy was a pigeon. It was a a pigeon, it was a bird? A pigeon, a bird. Yeah. Yes. Okay, and so, it was jailed for being a spy. It was jailed for being a potential Chinese spy. Really? Yes. So, <laughs> and this is actually the third pigeon <laughs> that the Indian government has detained on suspicion of being a pigeon. Chinese spy. That, yes. That is crazy. Yeah. How, okay, how did they, did they catch him in the act of like, <laughs> there was he, uh, did he have a pair of binoculars on well, or something? Like? <laughs> this pigeon was found flying over a port in the city of Mumbai, yeah. a major Indian city. Uh-huh. Um, and it was, it had some rings tied to its legs oh, and it carried no. some words that looked like Chinese, like they were Chinese words. No, no. Um, so there was a suspicion that maybe Maybe this was some sort of carrier pigeon mm. carrying messages or something like that. Now, after eight months, I don't know why it took eight months, but after eight months of searching, they've eventually found out that this is actually a racing bird from Taiwan <laughs> that simply had some identification. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> so, because, of course, Taiwan, they, they speak Chinese as well. Yeah, the, yeah, the and language. they race birds. This is like, this is getting better and better. So, yeah. And that is amazing. I love, though, like, uh, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, Eight, it was actually eight months of interrogation yeah. before the bird broke <laughs> and was like, yeah. fine, I'm from Taiwan. Or maybe, or maybe the bird never broke. Yeah, they just had to investigate. They, they had to send they, investigators they to Taiwan. Them, they convinced them of the lie. Yeah. Like the bird, and that's actually the cover story, mm. is that the bird is from Taiwan. Because yeah. Taiwan has good you know, international relations with, with countries like India. Yeah. And well, according to Nine News Australia, Mumbai police were reached out to uh, to ask questions about this in the process. They did not uh, deign to comment. Oh, um, that's so sad. It is, yeah. So we don't have any inside information of exactly yeah. what that interrogation looked like and how rigorous <laughs> it was. Uh, but I do imagine. Yeah. And there was the good cop, bad cop routine, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I am, I am like shook right now. That's so funny. <laughs> it is a very unique one. Um, yeah. And 
yeah, interestingly, as I mentioned, this is the third pigeon this has happened to. Um, mm-hmm. In 2016, this is the first one, a, um, a pigeon was found with a note that seemed to threaten the Prime Minister. So that one Whoa, may have actually been a spy. Yeah. Uh, and in 2020, um, there was a pigeon that belonged to a Pakistani fisherman, but it had flown over the heavy, heavily militarised border um, between Pakistan and India. And um, they thought maybe that was an attempt of trying to get across. So, yeah, this is actually the third pigeon that India has arrested on suspicion Whoa. of being a spy. Um, now, just to add to the Are they setting up like a pigeon task force now, like, you know, to, to deal with this? <laughs> I yeah. wish Mumbai Police Force would comment, honestly. Yeah. It'd be, yeah. We, we, we don't know. It's we, probably we so need, secret. They're trying to crack to down know. on the spy pigeons. We need to know. Um, yeah, so, you know, in terms of a spiritual application, I suppose this is an example of, you know, judge not, lest you be judged from yeah, Matthew sure. 7.1, in the sense that, you know, we maybe shouldn't make judgment without all of the context. Yeah. Uh, and in this case, certainly the Taiwan racer pigeon was um, unfairly treated uh, mm. by the Chinese government. But, um, you know, just, just interestingly, the same day, later that same afternoon, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying these two incidences are connected, mm-hmm. a pigeon shut down um, southbound traffic in the Sydney Harbour Tunnel. Uh, that afternoon um, by flying directly over a truck and triggering the two high sort of sensors. China has (laughs) the top dollar in the spy pigeon economy. It it, it could be happening. I'm not saying it's connected, but you never know. That is (laughs) crazy. Okay, so wait, so how did this happen? How did the... Um, so a truck, basically there's these sensors uh, yeah. at the entrance of the tunnel that will like shut everything down if a vehicle is too high because obviously yeah. you don't want a truck or something hitting the top of the tunnel. Sure. The, the damage and everything, you can shut down the traffic for a very long time. Mm. Um, but the sensor cuts off at like 4.4 metres. This mm. 3.9 metre truck flew, like went under it, but just as it did, the security cameras were able to pick up a pigeon flying directly above that truck <laughs> and that, that triggered the, the height sensor yeah. and shut everything down. It locked down the tunnel. That truck had to be pulled aside. Um, and, yeah, for 20 minutes the tunnel was closed. <laughs> I, I just saw that the same day and thought it was an interesting connection. Probably not a connection, just, that, just to be serious. I, guys, look, I am, uh, I'm going to err on the side of all conspiracy being true this morning <laughs> and I'm, I absolutely believe that China is... is Making a series of attacks against yeah. countries around the world using pigeons. Move, so, move over drones. We now have spy pigeons. That's right. They're everywhere. You know, they're living. They're breathing. And they're more. <laughs> they're more inconspicuous as well. They're more incognito. Mm. Because because man, you can see drones and you can take down drones. You that's can, true. You know they have a, an electrical field. They can be tracked. All those kinds yeah. of things. But what are you going to do about the pigeons? Huh? What are you going to do? Yeah. And when yeah. they and when they get on the power lines and charge up again, like how can you stop them? <laughs> what are you going to shut down your power line? No. That's that's that's, that's obviously a joke. There's, yeah, a, there's, a funny, there's a funny joke that goes around the internet that all birds are drones and mm. they like basically they, they charge by sitting on power. Yeah. Lines, so, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that one. It's good. Yeah, that's deep. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting story, positive and different. Yeah. You know, this pigeon has been freed and after all this time we mm. found out that, uh, yeah, what what actually was going on. I wonder if they're going to make some kind of change to these sentences because I feel like that could happen again if, yeah, if they've got just pigeons that mm. can, like, I mean, birds that can just fly into the sensors and shut down the freeway for 20 minutes. That, that obviously yeah. doesn't help anyone. Well, I think it was because it was directly above the truck. Mm. Um, so it shouldn't do it if it just flies in front of it. But, yeah, obviously it's a problem. Maybe mm. something needs to be addressed. The police did apparently joke that um, the one in Sydney um, will not lose the typical three demerit points. Instead, they'll get off with a warning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I wish, I wish they could have said the same to me. That's so That's so rough. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, other than that, though, uh, we've, we've only got a little bit of time, but just briefly, mm. um, 
another bit of good news also in the aviation sort of world, though in a very different sure. way, is that um, Amelia Earhart's plane may have been found. No there's this sonar that has detected a shape really? that is right under the ocean on the path that she would have flown. Uh-huh. So for those who don't know, Amelia Earhart was um, this this female aviator, like pioneering aviator mm. um, in the like 90, early 1900s. Mm. And um, yeah, she, she set all these records in aviation. She did like phenomenal things. And for women at the time that didn't have yeah. all that much, um, much, I guess, agency in their lives, yeah. it was remarkable the things she was uh-huh. doing. But she went missing yeah, um, right. in 1937 on an attempt to circumnavigate the globe. And her plane never been found. Nobody knows where it went down. Um, it's just gone. So, yeah, it's interesting that Sonar has detected on that route something that looks like it could be her plane. Obviously, investigations are ongoing, but after nearly 100 years, that mystery might be getting solved. So, that's exciting. Mm, Absolutely. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We can see over our our, uh, our communication desk that we mm. had a brief drop out there. We're just getting back our stations online, and I am sure that it was the Chinese government shutting us down for sharing the truth about yep. spy pigeons. It was the spy pigeons. It, it was. It they're, was. they're eating the Ethernet cable outside of our <laughs> studio as we speak, I'm sure. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And Brett... Can you get us our next quiz question, please? All right. Question number two is, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Mm -hmm. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. My shield and the something of my salvation, my strongholds. Mm -hmm. You've got to fill in the blank there. So just to read over it one more time, it's a verse from the Bible somewhere. It says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the something of my salvation, my stronghold. So replace that something with something correct. Mm. And you go in the draw for our awesome prize this week, uh, 40 days, prayers and devotion f- devotions for God's end time church. Like how good are devotional books just as a general rule, Wilson? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's good to spend that time with God and to have a bit of a new approach, to get a new view and a new perspective of the scripture we're reading. Mm. Um, this one specifically deals with God's end time message to Laodicea, the end time church, mm. prophetically. And yeah, basically looking at, you know, what is that application? What is God saying to us? What are we called to do in response mm. as the church mm. in this period of time? So mm. yeah, please, if you want to go in the draw, um, to win this awesome prize at the end of this week, um, every correct question over the whole week gets mm. you an entry in that draw. It does. So, Please text through your answers to 0491-064-669. That number again, 0491-064-669. And just one more time with the question, since it was a fill in the blank, it is, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the something of my salvation, my stronghold. Mm. Absolutely. Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And I have some interesting news to share from around the world. And one country that I have taken particular notice of, and we've talked about a bunch here on Faith FM, is the country of Pakistan, Mm. the the nation of Pakistan. And that is because uh, Pakistan is rated as number seven um, out of the world's most dangerous countries to be a Christian. Mm. Uh, so it's seventh on that list. Number one is like North Korea. Yeah. Uh, th- this is the kind of stuff we're talking about. Like North Korea, it's like immediate jail slash death penalty if you're found out to like have a Bible or yeah. be a Christian and whatnot. Pakistan, the big 
problem in Pakistan for Christians over there is the fact that uh, it is a Muslim country mm. that practices Sharia law and their blasphemy laws are as such that if you are found blaspheming mm. uh, Allah or the Prophet Muhammad, mm. you will be sentenced to death. It's the death penalty, yeah. essentially, for blasphemy. And a lot of Christians have been caught in the crossfire of these kinds of allegations for either sharing the gospel or hosting church. Or there was a story that came up last year uh, in Pakistan of there was two Christian men who, like... There was a the, someone found a Quran on the ground that was burnt, mm. and in that Quran was found two names, and th- those two names were of two Christian men, two men mm. who had converted to Christianity, and that started widespread riots in that particular region of Pakistan. Which I I was receiving photos um, from some of the Christians there because I um I, I actually have done some Bible teaching over the internet to, to people in Pakistan wow. which has been really amazing and they were sending photos of Christians like hiding in fields and taking like as they're in these fields taking photos of like their churches being sent on fire set on mm. fire and all this stuff so really heavy place like very difficult to be a Christian in Pakistan both mm. like with the the sentiments of the local Islamic community towards Christians as well as the sentiments of the government towards Christians yeah, of course. now they are having a an election in Pakistan uh, they're having an election and currently one of the front r- runners of the election his name is Nawaz Sharif um, and they call it they're calling him at the moment in the Western media the Pakistan's king of comebacks um, mm. because he is going for a fourth term every Ooh. single one of his terms has ended early with some kind of ousting from a b- different branch <laughs> of the government whether it's the army or, or whatever it may be but now he is leading the race again in 2024 wow. his first term was in 1999 mm. he's leading the race again in 2024 and he's actually credited for being one of the people who uh, it, uh, in that time in 1998 when he got into government he actually caused contention for trying to f- forcefully install Sharia law in Pakistan. Yeah. So this person is deeply uh, Islamic and deeply, like, and which isn't necessarily a problem, mm. but is trying to enforce law that will put Christians and people of other faith groups at risk. Yeah. Uh, and so it's unfortunate. Usually when it comes to election time for for these kinds of countries, uh, it's there's, there's something positive to see as there's always maybe potentially a candidate who is getting a lot of steam, who's a bit more progressive in their politics and then as a result. And when we talk about progressive, mm. we think of progressive here in Australia, like progressiveness is like <laughs> LGBT, super left-wing, yeah. woke, all this stuff. Very progressive different. Progressiveness in these kinds of countries is like, allows multiple religions to be practiced yeah. without persecution. Like, Simply pluralism, th- yeah, that, that's allowing r- multiple groups. That's right. So, and, so usually progressivism in these countries are, is quite positive because yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's actually, it's a good thing uh, mm. what, the, what the progressive candidates advocate for. Uh, but unfortunately, we're not seeing those tides shift in Pakistan. We're seeing, you know, the leaders mm. of their election doubling down on uh, the direction that they want to take the country. And unfortunately... The case is then for Christians that 
things will probably not get better as a result of this re- election. Mm. So there is a deep need for prayer uh, for Christians in Pakistan, as well as Christians in Vietnam. A- and the reason is because, so Viet- Vietnam, like you wouldn't necessarily, Vietnam as a country wouldn't be the first place that you'd think of when you think of Christian persecution. Vietnam is quite popular for tourism mm. and lots of people travel to Vietnam. And, and I've been to Vietnam before, you know, it's you know in Ho Chi Minh City. Yeah. Like the millions and millions of motorcycles, like a packed place, <laughs> a you know, beautiful place. Um, but the Vietnamese government has grown more and more intolerant towards Christians. Mm. And one of the ways that this has been seen just very recently, uh, a 48-year-old Vietnamese uh, Christian, his name is Nay Ye Blang, uh, he has been uh, sentenced to four and a half years in prison for hosting a prayer meeting. Wow. For conducting a prayer meeting. Now, whenever I read these kinds of headlines, uh, headlines, I start to think like, oh, is this something to do maybe with COVID or breaking some kind of law mm. like this? You know, because I think there were some of these sh- stories that were shared at the time, particularly here in Australia, where it's like, oh, pastor sentenced to this or that or the other. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, it was be- breaking lockdown because they were breaking a health restriction, yeah. which, you know, you can have your opinions on those, but... That those, it's different from, you could say, necessarily like targeted Christian persecution. Yes. Where it, in this case, it is just like this was, uh, this was, he was charged with incite and found guilty with inciting others to infringe upon the interests of the state. Wow. By running a prayer meeting. Is that coming from the communist background of Vietnam? Like yeah. This, this idea of, yeah. Absolutely. Um, this person has been charged before in 2005. They were charged to five years in prison for undermining the unity policy. Um, and then in 2022, he was fined um, for abusing democratic freedoms and belief freedoms. Wow. Okay. So, so it's like, okay, yes, Vietnam, we are a free country, uh, <laughs> except you abuse that freedom. By being Christian yeah. and by hosting a prayer meeting in your house, and so we're yeah. we're fining you for this, and now being sentenced to to literally years in jail mm. as as a result. And so this wow. is very worrying, and it's showing a, a trend uh, towards persecution, which which is interesting because Vietnam at the moment, as as America has been pulling out of China in terms of manufacturing, and, and many American companies and the American mm. government have been have been you know, trying to become independent from China for manufacturing. A lot of them are moving to Vietnam. Vietnam is becoming a real hotspot at the moment for businesses to start, you know, manufacturing and plants and whatnot, whether it's vehicles, whether it's technology, whether it's clothing, whatever it may be. Apple uh, in particular has been investing a lot in Vietnam. Uh, Yet Vietnam is a country, I mean, similarly to China, where more and more um, hostility towards Christians has been increasing, mm. increasing throughout throughout the twenty tens and then up until now. So, it's it's an interesting thing to see. It is a thing to definitely pray about. And I guess the mm. question that I have for our listeners, and you guys can uh, send in your thoughts and your answers. You know, is it worth running prayer meetings? Is it worth running church? Is it worth doing this at the risk of so great persecution? <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right now, it is time for our third quiz question for today. Awesome. So number three is, uh, to show that he would allow Boaz to marry Ruth, a more closely related man, A, shook hands, B, winked, C, took off his shoes, 
or D, turned in a circle three times. What? So this is clearly referring to the Book of Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. I, lo- I, love, I love some of these. I love some of these options. I feel like yeah. I feel like you could, you should combine all of these things. You know, how but good would hey, that be she, if you had to come before the whole village and yeah. do all of them? Shake yeah. hands, wing, shake hands, circle wing, and take turn off in shoes, a circle turn in circle three times. Yeah. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, so just to go over you know, that question. We're all just looking for a girl who'd do that for us, you know. We, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just... <laughs> 0491064669. That is a multiple choice there. A, B, C, or D. Did she A, shake hands, B, wink, C, take off his shoes, yeah. or, or sorry, he. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, just to show that he would allow Boaz to yes. marry Ruth, a more closely related man, so therefore more having the right to marry mm-hmm. Ruth, either A, shook hands, B, winked, C, took off his shoes, or D, turned in a circle three times. Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to text with the correct answer if you know that one, or with an incorrect answer. Just send us in an answer. Give us a guess. Just Yeah, yeah it's A, B, C, or D here. If you don't know the answer, mm. then look, send, send one We'll in. take the chance to check the Book of Ruth. That's you know. right. Yeah, pretty small book. You might find the answer in there. Absolutely. So, yeah, if you if you answer this question correctly, you go in the draw to win our uh, weekly prize. So at the end of this week, uh, there will be a draw on 40 days, prayers and devotion on God's end time church. And, um, yeah, this book is basically, like any devotional book is great, just to have that daily time spent with God. And this one's looking specifically at our church and our, our role within the church, God's providence and God's guiding prophetically for where our church is today, the body of Christ and the bride of Christ, which Mm. is, of course, made up of the believers within that church. So, yeah, like it really should guide us, giving us context of where we are in the present prophetic scheme of things and giving us guidance on, you know, how to move forward through that picture. So, Mm. yeah, once again, please text your answers through to 0491-064-669. And, um, yeah, go in the draw to win that wonderful prize. Absolutely. Hey, right now we've come to our interview section for today. And on the phone we have Jessica Clancy joining us, who is a writer of a fantastic book that I have sitting in front of me. And we, we just want to talk about that book. It's actually a story of her life and her journey with Christ, the things that she's learned, the challenges that she's overcome. And we've got Jessica on the phone with us. Jessica. Hello. Jessica, are you there with us? Hi, I hope so. We're, we'll just we'll just sort out that. But uh, yeah, this fantastic book, "The Quest for Family" by Jessica Clancy. Mm. Now, is she on there with us? Hello. I am. Can oh, you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yes. I got you there, Jessica. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> how how are you doing this I morning? Oh, I'm I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me and having me on Faith FM today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we can hear that you definitely don't sound Australian, and that's okay. You know, we we love people from other places. Where are you calling in from? <laughs> I am actually calling in from Texas, Houston, Texas, oh. and I am an author. So. Amazing, dude! Yeehaw! We, we, <laughs> we, we like. I, I mean, here in Australia, our our conception of Texas is it's it's, it's Lone Star State. It's full of cowboys and cool great place. people and big things. You know, that's mm. that's and we we love it. We love it. Hey, we are so stoked to have you on the show. Uh, to Aww, yeah, to thank you. 
to talk about um, your journey and the writing of this book as well. And I, I guess maybe we can start with a little bit of a, a background of yourself. I know the book very much gets into your journey, um, but we know that you're from yeah. Texas. We know that you're an author. Yeah. Well, if you could give you a brief background of yourself. Now, what does that look like for you? Who are you? Um, I am a, a mother and a wife. I do have a family. I have two children. My biological son is my miracle baby, and mm. my daughter is adopted through mm. a foster program that we were involved in through our church and CPS in Texas. So mm. my book does speak to the importance of family, and it does speak to infertility, overcoming that, and also um, helping others. So. Mm. And I'm a dietitian too, so I get to help people stay healthy and give mm. them more back, more time back with their family. So that's what I do to get paid for to promote my book. <laughs> mm. Absolutely. I, I think I want to start there because it sounds like from the various things that you're involved in, whether being uh, a, you know, a church going Christian uh, in, in, you know, fostering children and adopting children or dietitian, it sounds like yeah. you've come, you know, you, you've endeavored to live a very compassionate lifestyle. Uh, is that, you know, again, the motivation for what led you to write this book? Yes. And I love that you said that because that is one of my main takeaways that some people who read my story may not be able to relate mm. to the domestic abuse, the violence, the hurt, the dark places. Some people may. And I think that it's important for people to read it because I feel like a lot of people don't have compassion and understanding and the world is broken and changing. Christianity is down, marriages are down, and I think if we look to understand other people and what they're going through, then mm. we can jump in and help others and make the world a different place. And a lot of people helped me on the journey. They were the hands and feet of God, mm. and if God didn't stir their hearts and they didn't follow, I don't know where I would be today because I'm a big part of that. Mm. And that is my passion, giving back and helping others. Yeah, absolutely, and I, and it feel, and it feels like just from what you're saying there too, and throughout a difficult journey, the people that have blessed you and the way that God has brought people into your life, you, and we can speak this yeah. morning as well here on Faith FM. Myself uh, and my co-host Brett, we both come from uh, from you know. Uh, various backgrounds, uh, mm. non-Christian backgrounds to the place where we've converted <laughs> and we've become followers of Jesus. And we can attest so much mm-hmm. that, oh man, how could I not give back when God has done so much to mm-hmm. to lead us here yeah. uh, and to bless us? Yeah, well, I, I'm curious, um, just, just looking at um, your book and having a bit of a glance over it, I, I'm really interested to see, you've obviously been through some intense stuff, you know, some real, some of the worst that life has to offer in some sense. And something I hear a lot is um, people saying, well, Christianity, it doesn't really transform you, you know, like people who are critical of Christianity. It doesn't really change your heart because there's a lot of Christians who are just like they represent also the worst of what the world has to offer sometimes. Mm. But I'm seeing in your book like that Christianity changed you, like it changed your life completely. I'm wondering if you could speak a bit to that and yeah, tell us a bit about how how God transformed in your life. It's interesting that you say that because one thing that I focus on was in my childhood, I was actually abused through my stepdad who became a so-called minister. And I know there's a lot of people that, that have suffered church hurt and pain and they turn Mm. from God and Jesus and the faith. And it's not, it's about our personal relationship with him. You know, people are going to hurt us, whether it's in Christianity, um, whether it's in the world and we have to forgive. My Mm -hmm. book has a forgiveness prayer that can walk the reader through that. 
in hard times, I ran to God. I ran to him Mm. and sought his covering. I would rather be no other place. And Mm. I think people can intensify their suffering by running away and blaming him that they should be under his covering. And I think, you know, even if you've been abused or felt hurt in church and left Christianity, left the faith, God is drawing you near him. And, you know, there were baby steps that God brought me through in my life, walking with him through music, through nature, through kind people that came into my life Mm -hmm. that brought healing and brought connection to him. And I think if we focus on the, our relationship with him, not the religion, Mm. then people can be healed and we can unite together and help others be healed and walk together in that fellowship. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to ask there, and, and maybe this is a bit of a spoiler in the book, but it just, you know, if we can, if we can get maybe a, a little preview, you know, it says that you've, you went through such abuse, such, such difficulty, such hurt. When was that moment or that, that turning point, uh, in the book and maybe in your life where you, where you saw like, okay, you know, going through all that hurt, going through all that pain, but then turning towards Christ and, and giving it to him. What did that moment look like for you? So really um, in my life, the climax was I was in grad school. I was in a relationship off and on for 17 years um, wow. through my cutting hair career, somebody that I had met during that time. And, it was a very, very dark place, and I found that it was actually a place of spiritual attack. And mm. somebody had spoken into my life and said, if you want to be in, have a good life, you need to put yourself around good people. And I was like, God, I cannot go back to church. Like, you know the pain, you know the abuse, you know the anxiety. I said, if you want me in church, you need to heal this pain. And one of my clients at the time had invited me to a singles group. It was a very casual Bible study, and I started attending that. We were doing a Beth Moore study, and God really used her studies to heal those dark places. Um, mm-hmm. There were Bible studies on breaking free and a woman's heart and fruits of the Spirit and just really reframing my, my mindset as to what God and Jesus look like in the church. And mm-hmm. through that healing, he brought me back into really church. I always had Jesus. He was always with me. He was always my invisible friend. He was the only person that I felt was always with me and protected me. And like I said, I walked with him through music, through nature, through kind people. Um, But yeah, that, that was really a turning point. And I met my husband in a Bible study and it just seemed the best place to meet him. Honestly. Yeah. So good. (laughs) So that's that's so good. Everything changed after that. So, yeah, so God just started to heal layer by layer, and we were both in a dark place, and we were studying the Bible. We had no intentions of dating or getting married, and that's actually when I studied a book on forgiveness and was able to forgive my mom, and, you know, we ended up being engaged and married, and and now I have the family I always hoped for. So it's not perfect. I don't depend on him to make me happy. I know you were just doing a session on how you could have the perfect spouse, and that doesn't mean that they can bring you joy. You know, we need rest and we need Christ and mm. we need Jesus. So, um, but yeah, I'm very thankful for this season and having the opportunity to share my story with your family and our, our family and the world. So, mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's, that's incredibly beautiful. Uh, what you've just shared there, like that despite the 
incredible challenges you went through earlier in your life that God was able to redeem the time mm-hmm. and to and to give you uh yeah the desires of your heart because you know, i mean you know we 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 often think and look at des- the desires that we have as as uh usually evil and i think that often they are like we mm-hmm. we are broken sinful mm. people but simultaneously i think god mm-hmm. has put heaven inside of us he has you know he's put enmity between mm-hmm. the woman and the serpent you know mm-hmm. there there is a piece of god inside of us that we that we are searching for whether it's wholeness in family and safety and security and, and it's amazing you know despite your challenges it sounds like god has worked a miracle uh to to bring you to the place where you and as <laughs> as as the book's title is a quest for mm-hmm. family you've you've in a sense completed that quest mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. by by god's power and by god's help uh now i think you know just getting yeah. to the end of our interview section here this morning um i i just want to ask a little bit about the book itself you know for for you you've written this book you're distributing it and and whatnot getting it out there people are hearing your story and being so blessed uh by it you know if this book becomes successful and and you sharing your story is is really blessing others. What's what's next for here from you? Because I I can hear and I can tell you you're very much compassionate towards people and you want people to have this experience of knowing Jesus. What's the next steps for you? I have a vision. If my book is successful um, financially, I would like to create like a um like for people that are transitioning out of trafficking or divorce mm. and they have no place to go kids mm. coming out of foster care almost like a european type um dorm situation mm. um where they can all live together cook together i would like to have classes on things that people taught me like how to like manners how to speak um in the workplace, like how to get a job, basic fundamental things that people get in a family parental type setting that these people may not have had, um, confidence building, how to eat. I've had a vision many years ago that I saw myself having little educational classes and I can almost see like a conference room in the first floor and, Mm. um, just bringing this community together and helping people because I feel like with our society, things are changing and, people are broken and there's more and more um, homelessness and, you know, people are losing their skills, their confidence. They don't know how to, what jobs to get and how to survive. And I just really hope that if it is financially successful, then I can help, you know, that section of people get back up off the ground and, you know, help them be successful in their families and lives. Mm, Absolutely. Such a worthy cause. Yeah. Which really, really mirrors my story. So if I can do it on a grandiose level like that, that's my vision and only God can make that happen. So, Absolutely. Hey, that sounds so exciting, Jessica. And we, you know, we'd love to promote your book as well here on Faith FM, The Quest for Family by Jessica Clancy. It's fantastic work that outlines, again, the, the pain, the difficulties, the trials of your stories, but the way that God was able to transform your life mm-hmm. and also to give you future opportunity to help those in these same positions in, in need um, to be able to do the same as well. So how can people get a hold of your book? Thank you. My book is available on Amazon in Australia and worldwide. Mm. Um, you can either go there to the link and purchase it. It actually hit number eight on Saturday bestseller in Australia. So I'm hoping oh, wow. to hit number one soon. Um, it's, it's 
dropped a little bit since then. Um, but yeah, that was very exciting to see. And yes, it's available on Amazon or you can go through my website to the link. Uh, Absolutely. Just kidding, Absolutely. You can text us as well at 0491-064-669 and we'll be able to share that information with you. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us on The Breakfast Show this morning. Aww. Yeah, it's been really powerful, really amazing. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.